Hey there, Ali Clark here with you. Eddie Bannon here too. Hi, it's Shane Lowe as well. And wherever you're podcasting, I hope you're trucking along just beautifully. Uh, and you have clothes on. Yeah. Because we found out a lot of you have been getting caught in the nude. And also, we had some horseplay training. Did we? Yeah, remember oh, earlier? Oh my God, oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I'm trying to get it out of my mind because I got in trouble from the big CEO. <laughs> <laughs> And we also spoke to a just a lovely, inspiring Adelaide young couple who are just looking to have a family. Yeah, wait till you hear their story. Enjoy. People normally take for granted the one thing that we can do is have a family, right? If you choose to have children, for most people, you just go, yep, I'm going to have children and, you know, maybe we'll get married, maybe we won't, but we'll have kids and then it'll just happen for them. But that's not the case for others. And I recently met an incredible Adelaide couple, and their name's Kirsty and Jeremy. They actually have their babies waiting to come to them in war-torn Ukraine. Now, how did this happen? Well, let's start from the beginning of this incredible journey. Do you want, do you want to start or would you like um, me to? Oh, I guess I can. Me and Kirsty met. It was only 2019, so, you know, mm-hmm. not that long ago, but... Before that, I was married in a 10-year relationship and I had to decide one day that I had to walk away from that. Because kids were so important to yeah, you and having yeah, a family was, was really yeah, important to you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So then probably six months or whatever after, I you know, stumbled across Kirsty. And you want to have a family together and kids yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. I do have children already and Jeremy, like, he opened his arms and his home to us all and they're teenagers. So for somebody who hasn't had kids to welcome <laughs> four teenage kids into his world. and But I also see that part of him where you can look into his eyes and you can see that pain of still wanting his own family and I just adore him and one way or other it was just going to happen so so then of course IVF doesn't work out for you so then what's the next plan yeah so we created the embryos um, and then we started looking for a surrogate it's really hard to do in Australia isn't it because of all of the different rules yeah. and there's not a national rule is it it's no, all no. different states, state state. yeah, state. you're not yeah. allowed to pay somebody to do it yeah. so somebody has to volunteer to do it and then you need to go through counselling and then it has to be approved Okay. It is a very long process and you're not guaranteed at the end of the day that it's going to be approved mm-hmm. to go ahead. Mm-hmm. So they found you some help, surrogate, that is in? Ukraine. Yeah. Ukraine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In Ukraine, which was totally fine at the start. There yeah. was, so, that wasn't an issue. Yeah, so we, at that stage Ukraine was still peaceful yeah, so and we, this we, was an absolutely viable option. It was. Yeah. We sent our embryos over mid-2021. Mm-hmm. Everything went well, passed all our tests and everything, and we eventually got matched with a surrogate. We had two failed attempts, mm-hmm. and then we done a third attempt, and we implanted two embryos, and by Christmas time, they both stuck, and yep. we got some good news over Christmas, New Year's. And so you are expecting babies? Yes, we are. twins. Twins, mm-hmm. yep. Both wow. growing healthy and we just got an email with an ultrasound and we just sat there in disbelief for a sheer moment. It just felt amazing. It really did. The surrogate that's in the Ukraine, why is she doing this? Is uh, it because 
for her it is a commercial thing and she needs money to support her family or wider family? Is that how it works? We did think that probably in the start was okay. just purely at that stage a business agreement. Not sure if I wanted contact with her, I don't think, because I didn't know how I honestly would feel knowing that she was carrying our babies and how she would be experiencing what I should be experiencing and what Jeremy should be experiencing. So I think as we have got to know her, because we now have full contact with her, I don't believe that's the case anymore. She's the most kindest person I think I've probably ever met, yep. to be honest. She's got a couple of kids herself and I think her husband works on a farm and I believe she's done surrogacy once before mm-hmm. for another couple. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think she just enjoys trying to possibly help out yeah. families in need. Have you ever had the fear that the surrogate might not want to give the babies up? I Oh, it's definitely. Definitely there, like, That's you know, true. even like up until this day, you know, you're getting information back and forward, you're paying each step of the way as you achieve each goal, mm. and you think, you know, what what happens if, in hindsight, that they're just somewhere behind a computer and or something like that? Or, yeah, like a Nigerian or, prince yeah, or something. That's right, exactly right. But, yeah. you know, like... We know that's yeah. down. We know that's not correct. I yeah, can imagine though that your mind would go everywhere. Oh, yeah, it does. Miles this is crazy. Because for goodness sake, you couldn't yeah. make this up—a pandemic and then a war. Yeah, you know, yeah. like so. Oh, why couldn't something else weird exactly. happen? That's right. So this is happening. You're excited. Exactly. You yeah. are having babies. This is we amazing. Are. Yeah. And then Russia invades the Ukraine. Sitting at work one day, and my boss is watching the television, making a coffee, and he's just said that they've sent a missile in and I just sat there at my computer and my head in my hands and couldn't tell anybody because nobody knew mm. and it just felt like it all came crashing down very quickly. Yeah, didn't know was... what to do, didn't know Jeremy wasn't there because he was at work and I was at work and it's just what what do yeah. I do? Yeah. Can't can't do anything. No. So what can they do? Well, they charge into a war-torn country to rescue their babies, of course. We're going to find out their plan next. We're in the middle of meeting Kirsty and Jeremy and they're desperate to have a baby and to have their family, increase their family, and they recruited a Ukrainian surrogate. Of course, this was all before the war and now they're just days away from their twin babies being born right over on the other side of the world inside this war zone. So what do they do? Well, of course... Oh my goodness, they charge into the war zone and bring their babies home. We're just about to hit 34 weeks now, so um, really at any point we need to be mm. ready to go. Yeah. So. And that is the plan, right? You yeah, need yeah. to get to the Ukraine to pick up yeah. your children. Yeah. yeah. At the moment we've got flights booked for the 15th of August, so that'll be 35 weeks. Mm-hmm. Are you scared? Yeah, a while, a while back I probably wasn't too bad, but now it's getting more and more closer and real. It's sort of starting to sink in and thinking, oh, well, this is really a big deal and we're not quite sure how long we need to stay in mm. Kiev for. If the babies are healthy, we can possibly in and out in four days from the time they're born. But, you know, if something's wrong or they need some um, mm. Mm. attention and care, then we could be there for weeks, months, What's your family saying to that proposition? Like you said, Cassie, you've got children. I mean, yeah. What what, Um, what do they say about this? (laughs) They're they're good, but they're also at that age where they understand. Um, And my daughter Taylor said to me, "She goes, Mum, you're going to come home to me, aren't you?" I'm like, "Of course I am." But reality is reality as well. 
Yeah, I guess uh, it's a tough call, but you know, yeah, we've put ourselves in this situation, and you know, we can't just you know bail and yeah. they're our children, and we're we're prepared to go in and take that risk. But it's not the journey we envisioned, that's for sure. No, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> I used to get so angry sometimes. You know when you, um, number one, how much money I wasted on contraception. <laughs> but no, I used to get so angry that uh, we couldn't have the moment that you see in the movies, right, where you, you know, go and wee on a stick and then you surprise him when he comes yeah. home and yeah. says, well, you know, we're yep. pregnant, we didn't yeah. expect it, how lucky. You know, I used to yep. get really upset about that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. What do you think that's going to be like, that moment when you see this woman who is doing this and giving yeah. you the two greatest yeah. gifts? Yeah. Well, we feel like we know her a little bit at the moment. We talk almost daily to her and, yeah, she's she's there waiting for us, isn't she? She tells the babies that, you know, to hold on and that we're coming and we will all be together very soon and, mm. yeah, and the babies will be in our arms very soon. And yeah. I'm presuming because being pregnant with twins, you can't get her out of there and I'm presuming she needs to stay with her own family. When the war first kicked off we actually give her the option we were going to evacuate her and her family out to mm. a safer country mm-hmm. possibly to Poland. Yeah, it's um, not, it's not as the, simple as that. It's no, not unfortunately. The laws with surrogacy like if we took her to Poland and she gave birth there Poland don't recognise surrogacy uh, things like that. Of course so, so will the baby will the babies be Ukrainian or will uh, they be Australian? Probably dual citizens. Dual citizens. Yeah we'll get uh, a, yeah. a yeah. certificate birth certificates that and that there. I think it's pretty powerful the, the bravery that you showed to tell your story mm-hmm. and put yourself out there you know that whole secrecy when you're doing something like IVF and you do, it's not until afterwards and then you finally tell your mates and someone says yeah. oh yeah me too yeah. oh me too yeah, and you right. think well if we all were speaking about it openly we could have yeah. been such better support exactly. for each other exactly. and yeah. it could have been more normalised and I can tell my story to somebody and and they think it's amazing and it's like well okay maybe it is amazing and we're courageous and and everything's going to be okay yeah all the very best we'd like to be able to find a way to help this make this easy because let's face it this has been the toughest way to get a child and a family (laughs) Kirsty Kirsty and Jeremy thank you very much and all the very best no we appreciate the time thank you thank you you. they were genuinely the most delightful couple weren't they yeah beautiful just yeah gorgeous time to get some answers because yesterday on the show as we went to say goodbye it was a simple question through Ali's way and it was uh, what are you doing today and this happened oh my god a tradie saw me <laughs> what cleaning so out your cupboard so you're what I thought we were off air <laughs> still going what happened <laughs> what did you do were you naked what did you do were you cleaning out your cupboard oh, was that a year for missing oh, we've got a really big window <laughs> I've just come out of the shower oh. <laughs> and it's <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and now I'm laughing because this is actually going on <laughs> somebody to go to Guantanamo Bay or wherever they actually, you know, seriously inject and ask questions of someone under pressure. Shane, you are the man. Uh, I just want to know what was going on. What happened? Well, when you asked me, what am I doing today? My mind immediately went to, oh my God, the tradies are going to be next door again. Oh my God, how embarrassing was yesterday? And of course, I've just gone, oh, yesterday. And then halfway through that sentence, I think you heard the moment where I worked out, oh, we're broadcasting still. Yeah. 
So essentially, I had a shower, and we do. We've got a big window. It's kind of like floor to ceiling window in the bedroom, and um, because I need complete darkness to sleep, we've got block out curtains. And so there's normally a curtain and, and another curtain across it all the time. But for some reason, because it was a nicer day, I, I opened up all the stuff and everything else, and I've got out of the shower, and my clothes are on the bed, and so I've walked out of the sort of ensuite thing, and we've got a big, well, not a big, but I'm trying to make it a big fiddle leaf fig. You know, those little... Oh, yeah. What? Well, like a plant. Yeah. A plant. Oh, okay. And so I thought... <laughs> and I'm so nude. And next door, we've, it's kind of like our window looks over a fence, but it's quite close. Like, it's it would be... Like, our next-door neighbour's house is only maybe a metre and a half, two metres away wow. from our... Th- I know. From your big window yeah, where you're nude. Yeah, from the big window. Okay. But nobody is at home. Like, we live strange lives, right? Hardly anyone is ever home, and they're certainly never home. Unless, of course as I now realise, they're getting all of their window trimmings done. Nice. And so I'm there watering my fiddle leaf and I'm just sort of wandering around. (laughs) Well, I am. And then I look up and I see this guy standing there. And you know when you look up and there's a sudden movement? And you think, oh, my God, is that because he was seeing? Maybe he didn't see. I don't know what's going on. What are we going to do? Like, no, no, no. And so then I backed away. I didn't back away. I ran and I squealed and dived into the bathroom and then thought, of course, I've dropped my towel out, wear my clothes. So oh, it was just the biggest freaking nightmare. And because I'm pretty prude, like I've left my running around naked in public days ages ago at uni, right? Like way back then when I was stupid and an idiot and had boobs that could work. But now there is no way I would want anyone to see me nude. So the tradie was standing there. He saw your fiddle leaf. <laughs> He saw her fiddle It wasn't just there. She was watering it. <laughs> so you were caught in the nude by the tradie. Oh, my God. And so you end up feeling like that absolute cliche of, oh, someone accidentally walked in on me. Right? You know that thing? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So that's what happened yesterday. Are you satiated now? Are you happy? No. Okay. No, I am happy. Let's do this. Uh, 83001023. Oh, when have you been caught in the nude? All right. I'm sure it's happened to other people. Personally, it, ha- it hasn't happened to me because I, I shower with a wetsuit on. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> never nude. Do. I never you like being would. nude. But I know, you know, I'm sure there's other people out there who have been caught in the nude accident. Nudy Rudy. We'd love to hear your stories. Jump on the phone, 8300 1023. When have you been caught in the nude? All we're asking you is uh, when have you been caught in the nutty? <laughs> I haven't heard that word <laughs> for so many years, and it was my mum who said it last, which makes me feel weird. Um, but yes, uh, Eddie, you're, I mean, it's less you being caught in the nude and just living like that in a general state and people just having to watch you. Yeah, really, it's, not, it? it's not my responsibility. If they, get, if they see me in the nude, it's they, I use my nakedness as a home protection system. You know, <laughs> if you can see me, you're guilty. Let's go to Nuri. Uh, hey, Eddie, how are you going? Not too bad, and yourself? Good, all right. Did you get caught out? Uh, yes, because I was uh, having a shower and I, I thought oh, I'll put the towel on and I thought to myself, I'll quickly grab something from the clothesline. And unfortunately, the wind shut the door, which oh. meant the door was locked. And because I had no phone, no nothing, I had to go to my neighbours uh, to get a locksmith. They were very surprised me at the front door. <laughs> um, <laughs> then when the locksmith came, I went, as normal. Yep, yep, here I am. And the towel dropped off. Oh, did he and run? Did the locksmith run? Let's say the locksmith sort of like went, that's him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know what's going on here. Yeah, we've got the right the place. <laughs> and the rest of the neighbours were just like, OMG. Uh-huh. <laughs> so 
I, I like the idea that for every neighbourhood gathering, you'll always from now on be that crazy naked man. <laughs> that is, and the locksmith will definitely have a story when, we, when he goes back to the office. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. All right, It was a moment for no one, really. All right, let's go to Annette at Hallett Cove. Okay, Annette, was it you or are you dobbing someone else in? I'm actually dubbing my mum in, um, which I can safely do now, now that she has passed away. Oh, okay. um, but um, her name was Diane, and uh, we used to live um, in this beautiful house, and it had a massive kitchen window. And this was back in a time when there used to be the garbage collectors that used to come around the back of the truck and actually throw the garbage into the back of the truck. Yes. And she's seen the gentleman all drive up and she's madly waving at the kitchen window at the, at the men and then remembered that she was starkers. <gasps> and oh. she's, dived behind, <laughs> she's dived behind the kitchen counter <laughs> and had to sort of crawl back through the kitchen and into the bath, like into the bathroom area. <laughs> Like crazy, nobody saw it. Because there's <laughs> nothing, there's nothing you want. Oh, they did. Oh, I love it. But there's yeah. nothing you want to do less when you're nude is like hit the floor and then you know commando roll. I mean, it's not the most yeah. dignified of things when you're nude. No, no. And my mum, unfortunately, God love her, wasn't the smallest of people. Oh, I love you have these memories of your dear mum. All right, thanks, Annette. Have a beautiful day. See, you. let's go to David at Paradise. What happened to you? Morning, everyone. Uh, I was in hospital, and the nurse come in and said to me, "All right, go have your shower. Be ready. The doctor's coming in fifteen minutes." I uh, had my shower, pulled open the door to walk out. I walked out in my room, and there's two doctors, a consultant, <laughs> and a student. And I'm and could you just cough, please, David? Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. At least they're looking after you. Kate from Campbelltown, good morning. I sleep in the nude, and I had, was living on my own, and I had a, my bedroom was window was adjacent to the neighbour's shed, so, you know, I didn't have to worry, I used to leave it open all the time, mm -hmm. and I woke up this morning, and on this particular morning, and I looked out, and to see, um, a number of a number of men actually installing solar panels on the neighbour's shed roof, and I had to get out of bed to go to work. But the, the worst part about it was, I lived in an area which is a pretty small community, and one of those lads on there was my godson, and the other two were his mates, and they were all friends, of, and they all knew me. So it was going to be one of those where I just went. Okay, let's just deal with it. They're going to have to deal that they've actually seen me naked probably before my kids had. So, um, yes, I, it was probably worse the fact that they knew me and the next time oh, they, yeah. there was just this very wry smile that just went, oh, we know more about you. Uh, let's not talk about that and walk off awkward like. Okay, thank yeah. you. And now do we wear, we still sleep nude, just checking? Oh, of course, um, but I moved. <laughs> Ripper. Thanks, Kate. We're finding out so much about all of you when you're telling us exactly when you were caught in the nudie Rudy. Julia from Ascot Park, what happened to okay. you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, um, were you nude at one stage in your life? <laughs> I was indeed, unfortunately. This is a very tragic story. Okay. Um, so I was, um, the fire alarm went off. I was just jumping out of the shower, mm -hmm. um, but the fire alarm went off, went into an absolute state of panic, went, ran outside, went and got my neighbour, didn't realise that the doors automatically lock, forgot mm -hmm. to pick up a towel, 
and here I am on the neighbour's front patio uh, waiting for the fireys to arrive before I was able to find a towel and wrap myself up. <laughs> Julia, when you thought you'd go and get the neighbour, did you like the neighbour? Did you like the look of them? Like, why were you well, running to the neighbour nude? Well, we're really good friends. <laughs> better now. Great friends. They know me a lot better now than what they ever knew before. So, um, great friends, but... Um, yeah, just Excellent. state of panic as yeah. you hear a fire alarm go off. Yeah, fair enough. The, what the line should have been, do you want to put some clothes on? No, I'll wait till the fireys come. Yeah. Maybe I should have planned that a bit better. <laughs> Thanks, Julia. To Golden Grove now, Stephanie, when were you caught in the nude? So on my 18th birthday, obviously I was having a shower in the morning and mum wasn't home. Anyway, she didn't tell me we've got any plumbers coming over to fix the tap. And I hear a knock on the door, and so I was like, what the hell, why can't she let herself in? So I've gone to open the door, and there's three plumbers just standing right at the door, and I'm completely wet, butt naked. (laughs) So I slammed the door in their face and ran into the shower like, oh, my God, got my bathrobe and opened the door, and I was like, oh. Hello, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I don't know that they would have been, Stephanie, I reckon. <laughs> I hope you absolutely gave it to your mum. She needs better communication. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, definitely. All right, see you, Stephanie. Uh, Rebecca Hewitt, hi, Rebecca, what happened? Hi, um, it was actually my husband. He's a shift worker, so he's asleep during the day, and he had this really big, long knock, like really loud knock at the front door, and he woke up completely in a fright, ran to the front door, opened the door and was greeted by blank stairs. (laughs) So he was actually stark naked. They were door-to-door salesmen. (laughs) It was a man and a lady and he's just like, a shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing else you can do. I know that feeling. You can't come back no. from that, and we haven't had them knock on the door since. Uh, y- yes, well, that is one way to get on the do not knock list, <laughs> I reckon. Thanks, Beck. To Woodville, running it out, Glenn, when have you been caught out? Um, I live in a rental two-storey, and my previous landlord um, came to the door not long after I'd gotten home from work and I'd put all my clothes in the washing machine and was going to head upstairs for a shower. So she stopped in the door. I've yelled out, coming, and she heard, come in. Oh. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. How did Needless that work to say, out? I knew my landlord better than... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't know, though. Did they put your rent up or down, Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> up. Um. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Cheers. We'll leave it there, all right. Hey, does anyone ever worry that we're all becoming dumber? <laughs> like... Genuinely, and it's possibly we're just walking ourselves to the end of the world. <laughs> Why are you looking us both in the eye when you say that? Okay. Oh, look, I don't know if you guys got this email. And a massive shout-out to the big bosses here at the Australian Radio Network. Love my job. Thanks for employing us. It's all really good. However... Something's going up. <laughs> listen to this email. As part of your role at ARN, it's possible you could be asked to participate in authorised practical jokes, pranks and horseplay for the purpose of ARN's on-air content. ARN is committed to ensuring those practical jokes, pranks and horseplay, what are we, in the 1800s, anyway, do not get out of hand and are consistent with all relevant health and safety obligations. It goes on to say, you need to do a module of a course for safe work procedure and the do's and do nots when it comes to practical jokes, pranks and horseplay. (laughs) And I had to sit and complete, it's got to be done by today. 
So, you know me, I think, oh, God's sake, righto, sure, no worries. So I sit down and I do this thing. Ah. I mean, number one, we have to do something. Okay. By the way, nothing goes better together than uh, fun pranks in the word module. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just something really nice <laughs> yeah. about that. Well, <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I don't oh. know if we're the only people in the world that get asked to do stupid training. <laughs> 8300 get on the phone line and tell us. Um, right. But one of the questions genuinely was, do you, because what it gives you a scenario and you've got to put it in the do you box or the don't you box, mm-hmm. right? Do you report any incident, injury or unsafe conditions that arise due to a prank? Oh, no, you just walk out. Like, yeah, who, if who, you can who, get away with it. Do you use a building emergency alarm system as part of an authorised prank or joke? Oh. I mean, the fact that there is also authorisation needed to <laughs> yeah. do a prank yeah. or joke just makes me think, what, we can't be trusted. I like this one. Do you or don't you join in on a prank because hashtag YOLO? Okay, I don't even know what YOLO means. You only live once. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know YOLO, you can't do pranks. How about this? If these people stop wasting my time asking me to fill out a damn module to make sure I don't kill anyone by, I don't know, slapping them in the face with a tortilla, a tortilla whatever the hell it is, I just, I, I don't know if any other workplace is making them do ridiculous training like that. But goodness gracious me, if another email comes into my inbox with horseplay written on it, yeah. I'm leaving. And it doesn't involve a horse. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Did you pass the test? Is it a, did you pass it? it was surprisingly, it's just straight out. Like, I didn't even finish reading most of the sentences. And I just went, do, don't, yeah. don't, do, do, don't, do, don't. And then I got a congratulations, you know how to do a prank. And then it said, please don't forget that whatever prank you go to do, you have to get authorised by the person above you. God's oh, sake, we're getting mind. dumber. So, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, okay. that was an unauthorised bit of horseplay prank and something okay. else. Oh, oh, it was a practical joke. Yeah. The training, yeah. They, they didn't say, in, oh, I didn't get that I'll get the mop. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, now. Maybe that's why we have to go through training here. Sorry December. to stop me. We are, um, do we have a call from who? Okay. All right. We have a very important call to take next. Right. Um, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna step away from this. It's the CEO, guys. The CEO. <laughs> oh, it is not the CEO. Oh, did Frank. you get this authorized bit of horseplay sorted? Did you? <laughs> did you fill out your form? Show. Yeah, wait. Did is this you fill be... out your form before we rang in? This is gonna be Eddie Bannon with a voice. <laughs> um, Hello, okay. I'm the CEO. Apparently, the CEO's on the phone because yeah, of course yeah. he listens to the show. All right. Well, we'll find out oh, what's well, going on done. next on the Ali Clark Breakfast Show. I may have teed off a little bit at um, the head boffins in ARN, Australian Radio Network, that's our company, because I received an email saying that it was possible I'd be asked in my time here um, at work to participate in authorised practical jokes, pranks and horseplay, and I had to complete a short online module to make sure I knew what was good and what was not, Yeah. what to do and what to don't. And so I may have said, we are all getting dumber. I can't believe this is the state of the world. And now, well, what do you know? Our wonderful producers said that there's Kieran Davis, who happens to be our ARN CEO on the line. Well, I mean, if it is a CEO, look, let me just say this. Oh, I, I love the survey. In oh. fact, I would do other people's. I think it's a great idea for the business. It's great for the company. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would yeah, also like you, to say Mr. Davis yeah. is the way he should be uh, 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 talked talk about. Lord Davis. Mr. Davis. Lord Davis. Okay. Lord Davis. Um, well, uh, Mr. Davis, uh, good morning. Mr. Davis is the way he should be. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know how we said it's just going to be Eddie Eddie Bannon putting on a voice? Yeah. Kieran, you are Irish, right? I am, yes, and and I'm very disappointed to hear that you were 
uh, ridiculing what is a very important piece of legislation within the company. I've actually had to step out of a very important meeting to take this call. Oh, I'm about it. I completely agree with Mr. Davis. Oh, you two, stop it. So therefore, I mean, it says, Mr. Davis, that it should take approximately 10 minutes to complete this short online course. Can I give you a little bit of feedback then? Just a little bit. Certainly. Certainly, if yeah. it takes anyone 10 minutes to complete this SACM, <laughs> it is so obvious. All of the questions, like, seriously, do or don't you use a building emergency alarm system as part of an authorised prank or joke? Who thinks so that's long, a good idea? How, how long, Ali, has it taken you to complete this survey? Because we're, I think we're about 22 minutes now, so cheerio. <laughs> well, all right, what about this then? On a scale of 1 to 10, Mr Davis... How fireable was the feedback I gave? Because at the end, you're finish it, and they say, do you want to give feedback? And I thought, you know what? I do. I said, it's a sad indictment on the world that we need to train people not to be dicks and to look after each other. Now, Ali, I wouldn't fire you, but I have a great slot uh, at a station in, in, in another part of Australia from 12 o'clock to 4 in the morning. <laughs> Mr. Davis. Lord Davis, I forget. Oh, <laughs> Love Do you it. two want to suck up to him anymore now that you're backing away from agreeing with me a million percent? It's, a, it's about time he got the lordship. Oh, right. I, right. I, happy. I, I, yeah. And I, you know what? Funny. I've never thought about using a work alarm for a prank, but now that you mention oh. it, yeah. I think I might do that. Are you honestly telling me Carl Sandlins did that module, Kieran Davis? <laughs> Absolutely. In about five minutes. <laughs> all right. I've got to beat him. All right. All right. All right. We'll all go and do our homework. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're still in the job. Well done. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's the other Clark Brickwood show. Oh, look how awkward you are, Shane. <laughs> I, mean, I love Mr. Davis.